You may be seated. Oh, I hope I can read my iPad. This morning, it was like I was learning to read again. But I used to wear glasses when I was a kid, so um, I was sharing with Lower Hut that I am, um, with the Lower Hut Church, that I used to have to wear an eye patch. Both eyes are real, but I had to correct um, one. I had a lazy eye, so, you know, I couldn't even go cross-eyed because it was just, one would just stay in the same direction. So I had that for, uh, I think, most of my primary school years. But what it did for me was, because, you know, like I had the, I went to a school that was basically white. I was the only brown kid there. And um, I didn't realise I was brown until someone called me a coconut. And I went, oh, I must be brown. Anyway, so uh, had that and then had the, the, the googly glasses, the really thick glasses and uh, I was beautiful and so um, and then they told me I had to wear an eye patch I was like what I'm gonna be called a pirate and a coconut it was like all these things but what it did inside of me was it um, I think I was a real resilient kid and what it developed inside of me was a great sense of humor so uh you know, being a pastor, I laugh at a lot of things. You know, when you're pastoring a church, you just, all the different things that come up, you just laugh. And everyone's like, why do you laugh a lot? I just said, you don't know my life. Growing up, you know, I share the story about the coconut and the eye patch and the wooden leg. Anyway, I don't have a wooden leg. Anyway, but I don't, if you have a wooden leg, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> now I just thought of Pinocchio. Anyway. So, um, thank you, Wik- is it Wikash? What a cool name, Wikash, Wikash, Kika- what? That's not even, don't tell me lies, what's his real name? Wikash, Jeremy, <laughs> Nigel, no it's not, okay. Thank you so much. Do you need a chair? <laughs> Awesome. But, uh, you know, this afternoon I was like, Lord, what do you want me to share about? And uh, I'm not one of those speakers that just, I've got this message for you. And I did have a message for you, but I felt the Lord say, I want you to share what you shared with the creative team in our church. And uh, uh, it was a message that um, really stirred in my spirit, stirred in my heart. And, um, oh, thank you. Um, and uh, I pray that the Holy Spirit would really impact and impart to you tonight even during the worship I just felt like his presence is here so Father right now we thank you for your tangible presence we thank you that you are here that you sit amongst the praises of your people You, you tap your feet You love our praises. And God, we honor who you are, King of kings, Lord of lords. We thank you for your divine protection, for your provision. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the air that we breathe. I thank you, Father, for providing for us daily. Lord, I thank you for our daily bread. I thank you, God, that you are with us that a God so big, so majestic, so sovereign, so supreme would want to meet with us 
So, Father, we honour you. We honour your presence. Father, thank you. And I thank you right now for Mark's father in that hospital room. Your presence is touching him. Lord, that he would have a visitation from you right now. Thank you, God, that you are his healer. Lord, let him know your love in a deeper way, we pray. Let him sense your goodness. You're a good father. So, Father, I pray even as he's laying there, I pray that he would wake up and the first face that he sees is not a human face, but your face, God. He would see your face. Touch him right now. Touch him right now. Thank you for his family. Thank you, God. Thank you that it's not over. Amen. Thank you, Father. It's funny, I was thinking about that. The first face that Adam saw was God's face, his father's face. And even the first face that Eve saw wasn't Adam, it was God's face. It was her father's face. And I pray tonight that God would show himself, show his glory. I don't know if we can handle his glory sometimes. I think, man, God, you're, you're supreme, you're huge, but yet you're intimate. And so uh, tonight I want to share a psalm. I want to talk about hunger and appetite. Psalm 63, this is a psalm of David when he was in the desert. So verse 1, it says, You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. And with singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. And those who want to kill me will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for the jackals. That's pretty cool. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God will glorify him while the mouths of liars will be silenced. Psalm 145, 14 to 16, it says, The Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. The eyes of all who look to you in hope, you give them their food when they need it. And then it says, When you open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. He satisfies the hunger of every living thing. 
Now I'm, uh, you know, I, I love food. And um, my husband says I get hangry all the time. Like, I'm, I'm the kind of person, I'm thinking about breakfast tomorrow. I think about food all the time. And Sam says to me, hey, you know, I reckon it's an idol in your life. And I went, no, it's not. I'm just, you know, I need nourishment. And uh, he said to me, Kathy, you, this is what you do. You ruin your appetite. And I went, what? And he goes, you're thinking about food. You're thinking about dinner tomorrow. And I said, I've got to be prepared. He says, oh, I wish you would do that with the washing, you know, like, like priorities. You know, who loves food here? Yeah, amen for food. How long can you go without food? Right? 40 days. Who said that? Man, you're spiritual. <laughs> oh, it's just like scientifically speaking. Okay, right. So we can go without food for 40 days. But here's some of the signs of hunger. Feeling of emptiness in the stomach. You know, your stomach usually goes, when you're hungry. Um, dizziness, faintness and lightheadedness, uh, headaches, you get easily agitated, um, yeah, you get angry, you want to kill someone, um, lack of concentration and nausea. And uh, the way you know the real God is when you hunger and thirst after Him. The way you know that you're hungry and you're thirsty after God is when His presence is absence, absent. When you're like, God, I can't even sense you in this place. God, I'm so hungry. I'm so thirsty for you. I was looking at this, um, this, uh, this article in the New York Times online, and um, I was telling Sam, because I was really fascinated by it, and uh, he said to me, what are you reading it for? And I said, oh, it's because Sam always says to me, Kathy, you've got to delay gratification. You know, you've got to delay it. Because I'm like, okay, if, if dinner's like at six o'clock, I get hungry at four. So I think I'll have a chocolate bar. Who else does that? And I go, because then that will help me you know, carry on, you know, before dinner. And he'll say to me, Kathy, you're ruining your appetite. I'll be like, rubbish. But then when I have dinner, I can't finish it. And he's like, well, see, I told you. And I'm like, no, 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 Sam. Sam, you don't understand. And he said, Kathy, you need a delay. You need to get a, a, a picture or a revelation of delayed gratification because, you know, you're ruining your appetite. And often I think about uh, the different things that I put in place of God that ruin my spiritual appetite. And I read this article in the New York Times and it talks about how Instagram is ruining our appetite. So they did this study and, and Sam shared it at Shout, but they did this study and I was really fascinated by it, but this is the short version of it. They did a study on 200 students so they, um, they, they, you know, cut them in half, not literally cut them in half. They got a knife and sliced them up, no. Um, so, you know, they got 100 students in one room and 100 in the other, and uh, they made them look at um, Instagram pictures of food. Like, 
I take, I just want to be honest, I take loads of pictures of food. I, I appreciate it. And I think it's, it's like a work of art. You go, wow, look at that. Look at that sausage roll. And look at that cup of coffee, you know. And Sam's like, why? It's a waste of, you know, social media time. Anyway. And so, uh, so these, the students that were looking over and over at these, you know, pictures of perfect looking food. And then there was some, uh, so the other half, they didn't look at any pictures. And what they decided to do was they, after they had um, time looking over and over at these pictures, they gave them a meal. And they realized that the students that were looking at these pictures on Instagram of perfect looking food were not hungry. They're like, oh, it just ruined our appetite. And what it made me think was, and you know, the other students, they ate their food and they enjoyed it. And it made me think about how important our lives, you know, Pastor Jordan shared about surrendering our whole life to him. How important our spiritual appetite, our spiritual hunger is, because we can replace it with stuff that is, you know, we think it's good stuff, but it's not good stuff. I know for me, like, I, I to be honest, I can watch a program and, and I can go, oh, that's really awesome. But you know what? It can affect me. There are some things that we can watch or we can look at that God's saying, uh-uh, no. And maybe it's good stuff. Like it could be good stuff that you're watching, but is that replacing the hunger? Is that replacing my relationship with him? And I'm not being legalistic. I was sharing with Pastor Jordan and Chrissy about a few weeks ago, I decided to start another e-group. I've got two e-groups. E-groups are small groups. We just talk about God, have good connection. My first one, uh, we, um, it was just a mixture of different girls who have been coming to church for a while and there's 14 of us and we get together and we pray and we laugh and we cry and it's really awesome. And there was a girl that was coming to church and she has never had any church background. And she said to me, I'm really hungry for relationship. She's married. Her husband plays for a professional team in our country and she said, we're new Christians and we, we're just hungry. I, I just, I need something. And she said, is there an e-group on a Wednesday? Uh, and there were no e-groups on Wednesdays. Um, and she was looking for one and she said, well, I know what I'll do. I'll go to another church and then my husband can come to this one. And I said, well, actually, I'm starting one on Wednesday. By faith, eh? Because I, I just said it. And I said, it's going to be at my house. So come along, bring your friends. And she said, oh, that's so cool. You're an answer to prayer. And I'm like, what caused me to do that? I think it was her hunger. She was hungry after, she, she had a hunger for God's word, God's presence, but also for connection. And I just felt like, okay, I need to do something. Even though I just know, oh man, have I got time? <laughs> to do this but I thought no this must be a God thing so on the, our first night she brings uh, her friends so she brought four of them then she asked her other friends to bring their friends so 
we've got 12 ladies that are coming and there's four who aren't Christian. I didn't realise they weren't Christian or had no idea about, you know, church or God or the Bible. Um, We did a study on Joseph and uh, one of the girls, she walked in and I was like, I need to play some really nice instrumental music in the background. So I had this music playing. She goes, oh man, I know these songs. I went, really? I said, are you Christian? And she goes, these are Mormon hymns. And I went, whatever. I looked at the playlist. Because, you know, Spotify, you just pick whatever. And it was Mormon hymns. Um, Anyway, so she was like, she said, oh. And I was like, oh, Kathy, you egg. Anyway. So, you know, I'm playing Mormon hymns. And then uh, we're talking about Joseph. And in the middle of the study, she goes, were you talking about Joseph Smith? And I went, no. You know Genesis? She said, I've never had a Bible. And I went, really? And she said, no, we just read the Book of Mormon. And I went, okay. All right. Note to self, you know. And then uh, we, we just kept talking about Joseph, you know, in Genesis. Joseph in the Technicolored coat. I thought everyone knew that story. Uh, and then one of the girls who um, comes along, she said, Oh, now, are you talking about Mary's husband, Joseph? Jesus' dad. And I went, no. And uh, (laughs) what it made me think was, Kathy, these girls are hungry. These girls are thirsty for what you have. And I'm like, God, I need to know my Bible properly. (laughs) So I did explain it to them, but it was amazing. They just said, we were hungry for this. And all of them said, we're coming back. So we've, we've had three, I have mine weekly. So Wednesday night, we come together, we pray. Um, they want to speak in tongues. So I'm like, okay, we'll do that. But it's, it's really awesome. It's just an awesome atmosphere where people are actually hungry. They're not familiar with the Bible They've all brought their Bible, and now I've got to buy a Bible for the Mormon girl because she hasn't got one. But they're so hungry. God, you are my God. Earnestly, I will seek you. My soul thirsts. My my body longs for you. God, I am searching. I'm hungry. I need your presence. Without your presence, I'm nothing. I mentioned this morning that, God, you know, I'm, I'm baffled at the fact that God chose me. Apart from him, I can do no thing, nothing. And I think about it, I think, wow, he chose me while I was still a sinner. He chose me. He picked me for the dream team. Because, I, you know, growing up, I was never picked. I was always the one that used to carry things, you know, like the PE monitor. I never did any sport. So to understand that a God... A supreme God, an amazing God, an awesome Father, a gracious, loving God chose me, chose you while you were still gambling, while you're still going out there lying, while you're still clubbing, while you're still living a double life. Romans 5, 8 says that while we were still sinners, he sent his son Jesus to die for us. While we were still, and, and, and that whole concept, 
That is the reason why I'm hungry. That is the reason why I'm thirsty after Him because that's the kind of love that I yearn for, I long for. I know that, that He loves me and I'm like, God, this is what I want in my life. I don't want to hunger for anything that's a counterfeit because that's a counterfeit God. See, things like food, I think about Esau. He was ridiculous. I know, what's these disco red lights? Wow. Esau sold his birthright for food and not even nice food. I could read that story to you, but I won't. Anyway, Matthew. In the book of Matthew, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. And in Matthew 4, It says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Even Jesus was hungry. He was like, I need a burger burger or something, a better burger. I don't know what you have here. What do you have? Burger burger? Burger King? Oh, okay. (laughs) Burger Hut. Okay. Whatever's in in Wellington. Burger fuel, that's the one. Oh, yeah but I don't want to distract you because after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Bread. Yes. Jesus answered, it is risen. It is risen. He is risen. And the bread is risen, right? It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes out of his mouth. It's not by mere food, but by the word of God. Don't ruin your appetite. I just want to read you the scripture here in Romans 16, 17 to 20. It says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them. For such people are not serving our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive their minds, the minds of naive people. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you. I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. And then it says, this is a cool bit. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And I just want to finish with this. It says in John 6, 35, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Bread. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Luke 6.21 says, God blesses you who are hungry now. So if you're hungry now, God is going to bless you. For you will be satisfied. God blesses you who weep now, for in due time you will laugh. Don't give in to counterfeit food, counterfeit, a counterfeit appetite. 
There are certain things that will, that will last for five minutes, right? And when I think about that study, I think about the things that I look at. I remember hearing a preacher say, if you've got an issue with lust, just don't look at anyone. I'm like, what? You'd be like walking around like this. I can't look at you. You're going to cause me to stumble. But I got what he meant. I got the heart of what he was saying. And this morning I talked about staying in your lane. Focus on Jesus. He's the author and finisher of our faith. He's the only one that can satisfy your hunger. He's the only one that can cause your appetite to be, you know, you get that full feeling. That when I'm in the presence of God, and I want everyone to stand up right now. Because I've read a lot of scripture, but I want you to receive right now the, the tangible presence. The breath of God. We sang about a rushing wind, the breath of God. You know, when we read his word, it says that all scripture is God-breathed. When we read his word, it's like he's breathing life into us. That's why we need the word of God. You can't survive without oxygen. Just like you can't survive without the presence of the Holy Spirit. So Father, right now we receive your spirit. If the team could come on stage. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We hunger after you. We thirst. We fix our attention on you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We come to your altar right now. Thank you, Jesus. We hunger. We thirst for your presence. We thank you, God, that we will never be the same. Never be the same in your presence. You're changing us, Holy Spirit. So right now we open up our hearts again. We open up our lives before you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.